Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues. And if truth be told, I mean, what, what is the point of this? I'm made of 20, 30,000 down fans and it's going to be great. It's going to be brilliant, it's going to be better than, that, than, than anything I've ever experienced. And then, of course, if you're a county player, going after the club match, <laughs> some boy <laughs> going to give you that. <laughs> this group of players means so much to me, I couldn't hold me the late half the game. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the We Are Ulster GA podcast brought to you by Alliance. It's Damien Donoghue here with Paul Fitzpatrick from the Anglo Celt and Declan Bogue, as always. We're going to be looking back over a mad weekend in the Alliance Leagues. It's the final round, but not the final games. Um, a few more games to go, but pretty much irrelevant um, from an Ulster point of view, barring one team. Um, we're looking forward to the finals. We're going to be looking through this weekend's results and how it affected the Ulster teams. And we're also going to pick our We Are Ulster team of the Alliance League. So it should be a very entertaining show. Um, Declan, I suppose we'll start off with you. Your weekend, where did you venture this this weekend gone by? I was over in Oma, uh, Damien. I was watching Tyrone and Kerry. Kerry seconds, maybe. Um, <laughs> because I was just looking down through the team and I don't know piece at the times. And uh, you can't get over the fact, although I was at the last time Tyrone beat Kerry in Oma, and that was 2010. Uh, I'm going to be nerdy here for a second and let you know something about it. Last time Tyrone beat Kerry, and the reason they did is because I think they're trailing by two or one points at the end. Uh, probably two because they're going for goals and they're throwing in a series of high balls. But if you remember in 2010, they had a rule that the ball had to be dead before you could blow up for half time or full time. That's right. Uh, I don't know how that came about, but I just remember. When Throne were playing Cork the year before in the All Iron Semi, I think it was, uh, Throne were on the attack with the ball just before half time and the referee blew it up for half time. And I think after that game, Mickey Hart was incensed that, you know, they were on the attack, so therefore the, sh- the attack should have allowed to develop in whatever way. And for some reason, pure coincidence, whatever, the, there was a rule brought in. I'm sure it had to have been a Congress before all that. Uh, the ball had to go dead. So instead of like Kerry just getting the ball and hoofing it out over the near sideline when the injury time had already been played, they just kept kicking it straight out the field and Throne just kept launching it in. So I think Com Cabinet got the fingertips to it and palmed it in at the end. But uh, getting back to the game yesterday, you're looking at a Kerry team there that had no Shane Enright. Uh, they had no um, Paul Murphy. They had no Peter Crowley. They had no Killian Young. There's four championship starters mm-hmm. probably. Uh, no Kieran Donahue, no James O'Donoghue, no David Clifford is probably the starting full forward line. Uh, no Donica Walsh. Uh, the list goes on. Shawnee Shea didn't get a game. Um, it, it, you know, I don't know what exactly Throne could have taken out of it. They beat Kerry very comfortably, uh, and mm-hmm. I mean that like they were very comfortable and very in control. But like it was, it was an ultimate bit of shadow boxing, like by um, you know Fitzmaurice, like he. He really wasn't going up to him on there to bald headed for a win. No, it definitely it definitely appeared. So very briefly, we've we've we always speak about uh, when when teams are going bad that there was a lot of talk about Mickey Hart and and when he was going through his bad run in in the league, but he's turned it around yet again. They finished fourth in in Division One. Um, 
two out of the top three or two out of the top four teams in in Division One are Ulster teams. One of them being Tyrone. Again, you'd have to say it's been a successful league campaign for Tyrone, Declan. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's possibly a little bit of things that come into play here, and um, one of them being that the league starts that wee bit early. It's only a week, but at the same time, you're playing a game in January, and you're playing a game against Galway and Salt Hill, where the wind is blowing an absolute gale down the pitch, and Galway all of a sudden bring this brand new sort of defensive lineup into it. So they lost that one. They only scored eight points. They brought Lee Brennan on for the last three, four minutes of that game. Eight minutes it was for the last eight minutes of the Galway game. Uh, second game they lose to Dublin fairly entertaining but in that game Lee Brown hits three from play and three frees mm. and from then on he goes on to become the top scorer in the league up until yesterday uh, haven't done any stats or anything but his arrival to the team gave it a new dimension they certainly were far more uh, offensive than they had been and all of a sudden Tyrone win three games in the throttle against Donegal Kerry and Mayo and things have to look an awful lot healthier for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, and I remember, it, like, you know, at the start of the year that you had Tommaso Shea criticising the throne play, and there's still terms like blanket defence being flung about on League Sunday programme. And it's totally irrelevant now. Like, you know, there's no point Pat's land lecturing about a blanket defence and that this is not going to win anything. Like, there's one plenty for them. Uh, <laughs> but... You know, the couple of league defeats at the start of the year would have shown up deficiencies. And even yesterday in the win, it showed up deficiencies around players that just are not comfortable at this level anymore. Uh, but it would seem that they're building a, another team. And what is happening is that under-21 team from 2015, they have become very, very prevalent. I mean, Frank Burns saw the, the centre-half back against Donegal and was brilliant. He was excellent against Mayo. And he was exceptional yesterday again. Like he was really good. Most people's man of the match. Um, you've already got Kieran McGeary who had been featured around there. Cal McShane has really caught up to speed with intercounty football, senior intercounty football, and like he was a revelation again yesterday. Um, so the leadership and Lee Brown, of course, there's a, a core group coming through from that. Uh, you've also got guys in the fringes like Michael Cassidy. They're all very capable footballers. But they're certainly coming on stream now to the seniors and they've been making a difference for sure. Yeah, definitely seem to be all right. And, and sometimes it takes a bit of time for under-21s to develop into top quality seniors. But it looks like they're making progress. Look, championship is is obviously where it's always been at and always probably will be at. So we'll, we'll hold full... Um, I suppose disclosure on our on our um, opinion on Tyrone coming championship, but they are reigning Ulster champions, and, and you wouldn't back against them winning another Ulster title. Talking about our near neighbours, maybe Paul Monaghan, a great win in Crow Park, irrelevant on the on the table, but relevant in the terms of that Monaghan want to beat a Dublin team. They haven't beaten Dublin since I think two thousand and ten as well, was it or something like that? A few years back, two thousand and twelve maybe, but. Uh, the one point that stands out for me, and it wasn't a point, Jack McCarron's goal. Have you seen a better goal? Yeah, he was definitely going for it, in he my was. opinion, as well, without a doubt. Yeah, but like he's got a, such a high level of skill. Man and Hoor's like, we, we <laughs> win a, an Ulster under 21, they win a senior. We, we beat Tipperary and get promoted. They turn around. How can you top that? They turn around and beat Dublin at Crow Park. Absolutely unbelievable. They make you sick. Talk about stealing your thunder. Ah, right? no. They just couldn't give us our day in the sun. No, no. But, they, but look, if you look back, they, they lost narrowly to, to Monaghan, or to, sorry, to Mayo by a point early on in the league. They turn around and beat, beat Tyrone, beat Kerry, and beat 
Dublin. It's one hell of a of a mm. spring's work for for um, Monaghan. And looking at Malachy O'Rourke last night, um, he was of course he was downplaying it. He always does, and he was saying, "Ah, it's, you know, it's only the league, and uh, you know, it really kind of." But you but, you, you could still see that the kind of he was holding back the grin. Oh yeah, yeah, like like a win over Dublin is worth it's worth ten wins over anyone else at this stage of the game because yeah. they're that far ahead and they, they're they're beating everyone all around them with a half a team um, at the minute. Like you know, this thing of it, it's like the Kenny Horrors is their second team, the second best team in the country. <laughs> you know, it's it's certainly in the top five, the the, the yeah. Dublin reserve team you'd say. So for Monaghan to beat the Manny Day of the Week is a great win, a hell of a win, unbelievable. Like and Monaghan would be looking at that and saying maybe we're the team that can kick in especially with Kerry looking a wee bit weak at the minute uh, they might Mayo be a year possibly two. on the slide Mayo you know there's only so much road left in them Monaghan would probably feel that they can get across the top three four teams maybe even make an all-iron final why not yeah. their, their profile everything looks good for Monaghan they've got the free takers they've got the forwards they've got the experience they've got the few young lads coming in now they've, they've beaten all the big teams in the league you know they've done everything that, that you need to do on the on that pathway to a big breakthrough so Looking good for Monaghan, unfortunately. Mm, <laughs> the team is not looking good for Declan, I suppose, it's Donegal. You'd, you'd have to feel for them after a draw in Ballybuffet yesterday, but but ending up being relegated. They've had a strange campaign because they did what they did at the start. Uh, it was a carry that beat them in the first round, and then that was you know widely credited, and Nathan Mullins getting sent off early. It wasn't mm. a big help to them. They gave Dublin an incredible game on a Saturday night in Crook Park. That was a brilliant game of football for the stage of the year. It was in uh, Men lost a third and like even in losing all those games, they were still given enormous credit, like you know, Declan Bonner and the job he was doing with bringing all the uh, the youngsters through. But it was one of those ones that maybe they got their sums wrong because they expected to win a certain amount, stay up. I don't think challenging for a league final is anything that they were particularly keen on but at the same time they just let it slip and then all of a sudden uh, the injury to Patrick McBrearty cost them fatally against their own um, fatally really and after mm. that they just lost so much traction that uh, you got to feel for them in some ways and that you know it's been widely talked about this morning on Twitter and elsewhere about Kevin McLaughlin's point at the end like where he did take you know certainly the amount of steps he took was in the low teens yeah. uh, but you know, uh, um, it shouldn't all come down to a final play either of the game. No, like how many times in the game before that point had the same happened, but of course not highlighted. So uh, you know, if you're if you're clutching at at a decision by a referee, the final decision by a referee, the chances are you know you're you're looking the wrong direction to find where things went wrong. That's true. Yeah, same for Longford. Probably they would say the same yeah. thing. Yeah. They felt sore that the free was given against them and they felt sore that the free taker stole a couple of yards. Um, it yeah. would have taken a brave referee to whistle them back or throw the ball up in that instance, wouldn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't I wouldn't square up to Quigley if he was in the mood to take that shot <laughs> as a referee. <laughs> but we, we'll move he on into that. He would probably kick you over the bar. From that <laughs> <day>. <laughs> At his ease, so he would. A slight little fella like me. We'll move on to Division 3. Commiserations, or sorry, to Division 2, but commiserations to Donegal. They'll play their trade in Division 2 of the Alliance League for 2019. And congratulations to Tyrone and Monaghan on surviving in the top flight. Um Speaking of top flight, and, and says the, the the proud Cavan man here, we're going up to Division 1, Paul, for the second time in three years. Yeah, and 
you know, it's an amazing transformation from where Cavan were at the end of January, um, coming off the back of a poor mechanic cup, lo- lost players and like good players. They're talking about Ulster under twenty one winners like Jerry Smith, Joe Dillon, Niall McDermott, who's been a starting player for seven or eight years at senior level, um, didn't get anyone back that they might have got back, like said David Givney, Eugene Keating, fellas like that. So th- there was a lot of doom and gloom around the Cavan team. Mm-hmm. It was addressed by players in interviews and you know, you always hear players saying that, and I'll be honest. I would have taken Cavan surviving in that division this year, given the players that they lost, given the fact that they were, it was like they'd forgotten how to win games. They, like they only won two games last year in the whole year in league and championship, um, mm. and went into had a very bad McKenna Cup, scraped a win on a, on the three G pitch in in Breffney against uh, St Mary's, College. and then got hockeyed up in Belfast, and then got absolutely trounced by Tyrone um, in Breffney, a record defeat, twenty one point home defeat. Down to Clare and halfway through the second half of that game, Clare were six points up and should have been further ahead. And at that stage, it looked really, really bleak for Cavan. But something changed. Something clicked for them. They, they, they eked out a draw and the, that day. And the, then the schedule of games was kind to them. Like Loud were the worst team in the division. They got Loud in the next game. They got a win under their belts at home and they hadn't been winning many games at home. And then um, they went on the road then. Or sorry, then they had Mead. And they won that game well. Again, Mead were poor. And there's still a lot of people, and myself included, who weren't convinced because they were winning games, but you say, well, Mead were, were brutal. But they were also they were also fortunate enough, and, and I'm only thinking of this this morning, that Mead game, had it been played when it was scheduled to be played, would have been a week earlier. Gerald McKiernan mightn't have been back. He and Mackey mightn't have been back. They were... They were fortunate that the week gap, the extra week, gave those lads an extra, yeah, extra and the time. Mead, the Mead management were applauded for allowing their players to play all county league matches that Sunday when the when the intercounty match was called off. But then after that, there was people in Mead saying, "I'm sure the lads were wrecked because they played three weeks Last in a row." Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, the the probably the turning point of the, of the season was the Cork game. Like they went down there and and beat Cork well, and there was great belief about them and great figure. They went for it, you know. It was like Ireland um, going for the Grand Slam. They weren't going down there and saying we'll, we'll just have a go. They went there with a plan, and you could see that they fully believed they were going to win the game and they're going to execute it, and they did. And they played Cork off the field that day. They should have won by a lot more than the three points eventual winning margin. And you know that gave them belief. They, they dogged out against Down again. They rode their luck. A couple of great saves by Raymond Galligan kept them in the game against Down, and that could have went against them. Lost then to Roscommon. Um, I thought Roscommon were just about the better team, but. Cavan kind of threw it away after a good early start and then last Sunday didn't play particularly well in the first half two points down at half time went four down with with 15 minutes to go and then they just went for it and uh, came up trumps and a brilliant late point for Conor Madden won it and it was it was just great to see it it's brilliant it's it's it marks serious progress to get back to Division 1 because it shows that getting to Division 1 before wasn't a flash in the pan so um, it's progress it's definitely progress it's great to see it brilliant yeah, I suppose last year, Declan, if I remember back to um, in, in Kingsman Breffney, the McKenna Cup opening game where um, we beat Tyrone. It was Matty Medlin's first game. And, and I think I remember you saying, you know, you know, it's a, it's an All-Ireland for Cav in, in a sarcastic way, as as only you can deliver. But this year... He, no, 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 no. That's, that's how I recall it. That, that, I don't do sarcasm. I just sound like that. That's just, like I've got one of those voices that I said uh, you could say I yeah I brought the wife from the child of Lanzarote there and I says oh yeah that sounds good and I can mean it and you might say well oh, sarcastic. sarcastic. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well, either, either way, Matty McLeanan, he, he focused on the McKenna Cup last year trying to get wins early on and he got them, but it didn't go so well in the league. He, he definitely didn't focus on the McKenna Cup this year and it went well in the league. So a huge amount of credit, Declan, has to go to Matty McLean and he made a couple of crucial changes. Killian Clark going back into the full back line to pick up Connor Sweeney was, was vital, but Darren McVitie going into the full forward line, he caused Tipperary all sorts of trouble. You know what? What Calvin have done this year shows how little me and other GA journalists really know. And uh, I make no uh, hesitation in saying that because if you're a look at Calvin from the outside and just different people not committing to the panel, certain selectors, not maybe people biting to be, become part of the backroom team and, you know, it kind of shrunk over the winter and all that. And every all the indicators were that Calvin were set for you know a year or two in Division Two, um, and was it the last? Was it Ronan O'Connor or was it Ryan uh, Connolly that got the last score against Clare to earn a draw? Was that who was that again? Remind me. Brian McGee was it? it was Brian McGee, yeah, Brian McGee, young twenty-one-year-old in, in the first game. Yes, and I mean everyone said, "God, you know, very lucky to get that." That point might come in handy. Yeah. But what they've done since, like, has been absolutely astonishing. And fair play to them. I, I just am so impressed with the way he has managed to turn it around. And um, and I'm delighted for him too, Matty, because he's a big, genial kind of character. And <laughs> I, as, like, Brendan Devaney says to me once in a, in a feature recently I did about Mickey Moran, I asked, like, you know, if Mickey Moran was a harder type of character within a team, because everyone always says about what a gentleman he is, even in a successful team, like he's still known as a serious gentleman. He says, well, there's enough snarling bollocks in this world. And, you know, I feel the same way about Matty. Like, you know, he's, he's just... Uh, he's right. Like, you know, you've never seen a man that could put a positive spin on a dog of a game or anything like that. But, yeah. you know, no, hats off to him. Like, he's done a fantastic coaching job and he has brought on an awful lot of these... Uh, Players like Adara McFadden that have become top, top-notch players, like, um, um, and that's under his own watch. Yeah, I have to totally agree. Um, so look at delighted for Cavan, obviously. Um, staying with Division Two, it's it's not completed yet, but down have one more game, and they're in the relegation spot, Paul, at the moment. Um, the way the scenario works anyway, Down have to play Tipperary. Tipperary with nothing to play. Mead have to play Loud. Loud with nothing to play for. So essentially, you'd imagine the two teams that have something to play for will win those games. But even if that happens, Down are relegated to Division 3. Yeah, no, I, I, I think Down are going down. Um, I think Loud are very, very poor this year. They've lost an awful lot of players. They're a mass exodus over the winter. And they weren't a brilliant team. You know, respectfully, there weren't any world beaters coming into it. I know they came up out of Division Three last year, but they've lost too many players. And I, I did write a column about it earlier in the year how Pete McGrath, speaking of the great gentleman of the GA, that Pete is chasing that elusive feeling of of winning something with a team or getting back that mm. that um, validation that comes with that. And you know, he's chasing now, and he's with it. He's with probably the worst team he has been with by looks things. And it's going to be a long year for him. I wrote that at the time, and I didn't mean in the sense that it's going to stretch on in, until September. I meant it's going to be a long trying year. And um, Mead, on the strength of of what they showed against Down at the weekend, Mead would beat Loud. So I think it's going to be taken out of Down's hands. Um, you know, it's it's very unfortunate the way the league has ended up. I wouldn't be one for for blasting the GA because they were caught between a rock and a hard place. In that, 
they tried to clear April for for club activity, as we know, mm. which meant ordinarily the league final would would have been put back this year and it would have been fine. But there would have been colossal negative publicity would have come with that if they if they eaten much further into April. As it is, we're on the, you're using the first of April for league final. So um, I think uh, it's unfortunate the way it's worked out. But at least at least me and Laird both are playing a side who technically have nothing to play for. Mm. It's, it's not like. There's two relegation teams in a dogfight, and the other team has a handy win. They're both probably going to win. The big game was was this weekend, and Mead won it. So I I think unfortunately down our down our going to be relegated. Yeah, it's a little bit. It is a little bit unfortunate, but there's uh, there's there's very little. Look at all down can do is go out and try and beat Tip and and hope that Loud's rivalry with Mead comes to the fore, and and maybe they might just cause an upset. But I just can't see it happening. We'll move on to Division Three of the Alliance League. Was it the Ulster dominated Division Three? Um, Declan, it's a massive congratulations to Armagh and of course to your very own Fermanagh who created some. Mass, uh, so really entertaining finish, I suppose. They don't do things easy in Fermanagh, and maybe we'll just grab a wee bit of the end of the commentary from the We Are Fermanagh lads. Rory Rafferty describes the closing stages. Four minutes of entry time, and Fermanagh need three scores or a goal. Put this over the bar and try and get the ball back. That's he has done. That. It's a point game. Oh, oh it's a poor ball, but Rory Corrigan can win it. Oh. And Rory Corrigan's taken out. Oh. He's given a free in. Oh, and Fermanagh have a chance to level it here. There's a ball. Oh, There's a free kick in the middle of the D. A draw's no good to Fermanagh, remember. They need all, all two points here. Jamie has leveled it. We've got a minute and 30 seconds left. This is it. It's do or die now. The winner goes to Coke Park next week. Fermanagh have won the ball back to Owen Donnelly and Owen Donnelly looks to take on his three or four men and it's a free in to Fermanagh. It's on the 45. Jimmy quickly, where's your minerals? Have you got what it takes to put Fermanagh into Division 2 next year? Jimmy quickly steals the yard or two. He comes, he swings it. It's over the bar! And Fermanagh going to go Park! Fermanagh appointed as Paddy McCollum kicks the ball. He has got it on the tee. The referee's going to blow it up. Surely to God he's going to blow it up. Paddy Collum has not kicked yet, he kicks it short, and Fermanagh have won it, Fermanagh have won it at the death, can you believe it, Fermanagh have won this game by a point, in the most dramatic circumstances. Yeah Declan, you have to be proud, Fermanagh up to Division 2, it's a hell of an achievement uh, for Rory Gallagher in year 1. It is, and I've no doubt that when they sat down, when he got his backroom team together, Vronan and uh, Shane McCabe and... um, Ray McManaman and, and, and so on, the Leon Carters as well, they would have targeted what they might have got out of a year. And like you have to start with small steps. And small steps can be whatever you want them to be. It can be, we'll win all our games at home, or we'll do this, do that. I think they did win all their games at home. Uh, Bar Armagh. Bar Armagh, yes, was a draw, yeah. Well, they remain unbeaten at home. Mm. And then going from, or it could be winning promotion. But, and, this is the thing, like people can underestimate a county like Fermanagh and the achievement it takes to, to actually get up and into Division Two and that's now they're gonna be playing Division Two uh, for three of the last four seasons. Uh, you know, including next year, sorry, but three all of four seasons and that is remarkable, like, you know, in anyone's language. Um that really is an astonishing achievement given the fact of if you look at the you know, eight by four teams in the National League, and then you were to look at it population-wise, and you know Monaghan gets credited uh, rightly so for the lack of population and what they do. But if you're to take from Monaghan's population, and you're to take uh, the side of the community that doesn't partake in Gaelic games, 
uh, and then take the number of clubs, which I think... It, I mean, I think it worked out one time that Leitrim have more clubs per head than Fermanagh. So it, mm-hmm. it is the, the smallest pick of any of them. And yet, that you know, three out of four years to play in Division 2, it is remarkable. And yeah. they've had good management to do that, but they've also had good players. Uh, and um, credit to Rory, uh, people have seen another side of Fermanagh completely different than last year. I think last year, and uh, you know me and Stats, sometimes they're bang on the money and sometimes it could be anything at all. But uh, I think last year, like, Fermanagh's defence was appalling, like one of the worst in Ireland. And then this year, like, you know, Rory would have used it as a starting point to get the defence right because you can always get the defence right. It's nearly easier to fix the defence than an attack. So Mm -hmm. they're going to maybe look uh, right, okay, right. We had our winter league, and we're going to have our summer championship, and we're going to develop it, and we're going to introduce a lot more different things into it. But for them to win promotion like that, and also, and here's the, the the underestimated fact that in order to have done that yesterday, they needed that point against Armagh, and I was there. And for the last ten minutes, with Fermanagh were down to thirteen men. It was just attack after attack after attack from Armagh, and the discipline, even though it was unbelievably ugly to watch and Fermanagh weren't getting any ball in around the middle and you know when they did get the ball the sense of anticipation among the crowd was just unbelievable against Armagh uh, and they could have won it because they had a very late chance with you know 45 metres Seamus quickly dead ball mm. but he uh, you know he was kicking into a stiff wind and he never quite got the, the, the distance in that way so for them to get up like this is Huge achievement, um, and, and credit to everyone involved in it. Now, there's a couple of things that say about this because uh, I mentioned it on Twitter earlier. Is that uh, on League Sunday, Tomas O'Shea and Kieran Whelan both said that both teams, Fermanagh and Armagh, will be going hell for leather to win it, uh, which is all very cute and nice. But I mean, sometimes they wonder what planet they're living on, or do they ever look at the example that's been laid down? I can remember Donegal getting to a league semi-final two, three years ago against Cork, and in that game, Tony uh, Anthony Thompson ended up playing wing forward, uh, and they went man on man, fifteen on fifteen, and Donegal held that shape. They didn't at all retreat that's into right. a defensive shell and break out. They didn't play a counter-attack game, and you know, there's no doubt about it in my mind that Donegal took a dive that day because their championship then was starting only a matter of weeks later and to have made a league final would have left them something like two, three weeks to get ready for the championship and I think that Donegal that day just to say they weren't pushed and making it to a league final so is Fermanagh going to show their hand against Armagh in a Division 3 league final in Croke Park uh, before they play each other in the championship on May 13th you can be absolutely sure they won't and why would they? Yeah. I mean, this is the thing about leagues. Is, it's, it's all about the number you're playing in, but it's not really about where you finish in that league as long as you remain in that league or go up. Uh, I don't even think that players would give a tuppence for a league a league, league title uh, unless it's Division 1. And even at that, mm. do Dublin really need another Division 1 title? Do Galway with treasure, surely, because it'll be a long time since Galway had won something of that kind of elk. You but see, it's it interesting it's, it's interesting on that though, Declan, that there are some counties that, like Fermanagh and Armagh, while they play each other in the Ulster Championship, are either of them really aiming and saying that, well, we can win an Ulster title? 
but they can they can win a title this year. They can go up the steps of the Hogan stand and pick up some silverware. Like I'm thinking from a Cavan point of view, I'd imagine Cavan will go absolutely hell for leather to beat Ross Common because we've yeah. been starved of silverware. But if Cavan in a parallel universe are playing Ross Common a matter of weeks later in a championship game, do you True. think they would still do the same? Yeah, yeah, okay. I yeah, I I, I agree with your point. Yeah, probably in that scenario it is it is um it's more likely that neither team will want to show their hand. There is a bigger prize on offer, but I'd mm-hmm. I'd still say that maybe maybe Kieran McGinley might have to show his hand and try to go to try to win this game for the simple reason that he's been in the job a bit longer than than Rory Gallagher. So you know, pressure for success comes that he can he can say, "Well, look at we won the Division Three League in that year." Mm-hmm. So I I, I have yeah. silverware behind me. So maybe maybe he has to go for it, but Rory doesn't. But, uh, again, I'm open to correction on the year. Didn't uh, Armand beat Fermanagh in the Division 3 final in 2015? And by the end of that year, Armagh had suffered an unbelievable beating at the hands of Donegal in yeah. the, the uh, quarter-final and went out after with another heavy defeat. And then Fermanagh reached the quarterfinal and put up a credible performance against Dublin, beating Roscommon and Westmead and teams like that on the way. True. So, I mean, if you were to look at that and say who had the better championship year, then you realise that the league final means yep. almost nada. Zip. Yeah. You've convinced team. me. You've convinced me. Moving moving down to, uh, well, congratulations to Armagh, I suppose, very quickly, Paul, because we're running out of time, but Armagh, a, a really good achievement. Very, very unlucky last year. Realistically, they should have had the promotion last year, but they they, they nailed it this year. Yeah, they're on the up. They're on an upward curve. I, you know, they were unlucky to be even in that division. I think they were relegated on six points when they did go down. So, and last mm. year they were beaten by a last minute goal. Careless, more I'd say than bad luck. They they let Tip run through them for a goal, but yeah, no, they they probably are at least division two standard. They showed up by getting to the All Ireland quarter final last year, even though they did take a tank when they got there, but. Um, they're better than Division 3 it's it yeah definitely so moving down to the bottom end and Declan the big surprise in Division 3 of the Allianz Football League Derry going down to Division 4 for 2019 I don't think anybody would have expected that uh, no um, the, uh, you know I, I'm not in the um, making a huge amount of excuses or anything but you know, from talking, having a conversation with the manager, having a conversation with players and throughout the, the league, they did have difficulty getting uh, a lot of players uh, getting the right panel. They had difficulty, obviously, with Scott Neil's exertions. And while they've been able to bring back the like of Brendan Rogers and Carl McCaig, you know, Chris is still not back yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they went for the most of the league without them. They played Derry and, or they played Fermanagh without them. And, uh, you know, if somebody gave me a stat today, if they conceded one goal less in every game, they would have been sitting on eight points, which is kind of remarkable. Um, they are one of the highest scoring teams in the uh, in the leagues. They're also one of the leakiest defence in the league. Bear with me here because I have it here somewhere. Uh, I'll come to it in a second. Um, it is one of those ones that they, they maybe just got the sums wrong. I don't think that they maybe were taking Sligo for granted per se, but they maybe got the sums wrong on what games they would get stuff out of. 
and mm. thought they might have everything lined up, up before. Uh, you know, you got four out of the six players. Oh, wait, right here, I have it here. The highest concession across four divisions. This is remarkable. Loud, 128th. Kerry, 128th. Donegal, 126th. The Uber defensive Donegal uh, conceded 126 points and Derry 125. So they're the, the fourth leakiest defence in, in all four leagues. Right. The highest scorer across all four divisions is Dublin on 131 points, Roscommon on 126, and then Derry on 121. Right. Now, it's, the way I see it is it's easier to fix a defence than an attack. Mm. You know, there's a certain amount of things that you it's, can do, gamesmanship. Uh, man marking jobs you're getting also like you know you're getting Ben Rogers uh, Carl McCaig Chris McCaig and possibly Paul McNeil all slap back into that defence and then you can try your couple of sweepers and whatever else on the evidence of last year's minors though Declan Damien McElhane isn't one for sweepers he's a man for man sort of manager because even against David Clifford you're going to bring up the David Clifford argument yeah like he yeah, didn't, he didn't yeah. double up on him. He he didn't put a sweeper in front of him. He he tried a few different people, man for man. So he's he seems to be when he has his opinion and he wants to go man for man. It doesn't matter about the opposition. He's going to go man for man. I think he like and being fair to him, he had to have learned an awful lot about that. And I would say, you know, give them a minute and let's see what they do in championship. You know, they're they're meeting the winners of a. Donegal and Calvin on May 27th. I'll say you will see a very different area on that day and they're to be judged on that. Now, going down to Division 4 is not ideal, of course. But, like, the over-emotive nonsense that you hear that this is the darkest day ever for Derry football, like, Jesus, she could say that about any county. Yeah, yeah. On most days, you, like, you, you know. Could. Michael Hannon not, actually... Like, you know, they, they might never have been down in Division 4 before, as far as I know, as far as I know. But, Sensible people, people have won all Ireland's with Derry, like the leg of Fergal McCusker there, for example. Anytime I talk about Derry to him or what would be expected of Derry, he, he points out that they've won relatively little as a county. Uh, you know, they have won in all Ireland, but like, in terms of Ulster Championships, it's 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 way down there. Like, you know, mm. I mean, they're nowhere near the top of the leaderboard running, and people put all this expectation on Derry. Now, if you look at it and look at the club scene further and all that, that's relatively healthy. Um, people say, oh, you know, there's too much infighting among the clubs in Derry. It's always been a nonsense. Uh, when they were winning all Ireland's, the teams were completely cutting lumps out of each other. And there was, they were actually more prominent in Hurland back then, too. Um, and they're winning Hogan Cups and McCrory Cups. Uh, their schools are so the players are coming. Uh, there's a long term project. The question for Damien is. Will he be left alone to do the job for the required length of time? And will he have the strength of character to do it? And he's a very serious, austere kind of individual, um, from what I know of him. Like, I can't profess to know him intimately. But I think that he'll have the strength of character to stick at it. And he'll not be put off by one or two salty remarks here and there. Mm. And, like, you know, in Division 4, you play a season out there, you know, they'd be expected to win promotion and all the rest. Like, But, you know... Put it this way, when Peter Canavan took over uh, for Mana, they were in Division 4. And after Peter Canavan's spell, like three years later, they were playing the dubs in the Northern quarterfinal again. You know, mm-hmm. that's, uh, these that's... sort of quantum leaps in progress can be made 
relatively quickly. And like, especially you know, Declan Dillon Di- won the Ulster Championship out of Division Three in two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, the, the the point I was going to make was that Michael Hannan was saying coming out after the game yesterday when we heard that Derry were going down, and his point was Derry's profile. Um, and, and the quality of player that they've had it on the ridge for the last few years going to the Division 4 actually isn't the worst thing in the entire world for the simple reason that they can build momentum through victories division by division that it's very it's yeah. it's as easy to go yeah. from Division 4 to Division 2 and possibly Division 1 as it is to go the opposite way so it, it's it's not the end of the world for this Derry team they're so young they've got such quality coming through that if they win the Division 4 title who'd back against them winning the Division 3 title in 2020 so I think it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not as dark as people are making it out for Derry plus to you know you can you can embark upon I'm getting uh, highfalutin here, but you can embark upon a, no. a sort of a player education process in terms of strength and conditioning. Uh, you can do it in the rest of Cam Backwaters Division 4. You can still put in enormous work and they'd be still hoping at the same time to win their games. And you can say, right boys, this is it. We're in this now for three, four years and we'll see where it takes us. And, you know, you need to get the right people on the bus with you because you've nothing if you don't have that. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 you know, I just I'll not buy this um, nonsense that it's the lowest ebb they've ever been at or anything like that. Because this, you know, it's just over emotive nonsense, really. Yeah, I have to agree. I do want to take just a quick opportunity to thank the the dairy um, on the rage development. Uh, management and Brian McIver and Chris and all up there in Own Beg on Saturday morning we, we arrived up with a cabin on the 16 team to take them on and their hospitality was absolutely second to none really good lads and lots of good work going on there so look at Derry it's not the end of the world moving on to very quickly Paul Division 4 Antrim they've missed out on promotion um, I suppose if you look back over the league the draw with Wicklow I think it was was, was really where the, the wheels come off a wee bit on Antrim yeah, well, the way it, the way it panned out, they were going to be playing Carlo and Leash in the last two games, so they, they couldn't afford to drop any points before those two games, and uh, they might have got away with the draw against Wicklow, but it, it meant that they were certainly going to have to beat Carlo, Carlo or Leash, or possibly both of them, and they lost to Carlo, so it yeah. went went away on them. I do think that that it was one of the strongest Division Four um, four fours in years. Like you had Leash would ordinarily not be in it, Carlo were at their best in thirty odd years. Antrim are go, like quite good this year. They're not a terrible bad team at all. Antrim and London are better than they have been, you know, in a long, long time. So um, I think it's a very strong division four. Antrim can count themselves unlucky to come up against Leash and Carlo, but them's the breaks. Them's out the breaks. Yeah, hard luck to Antrim, but no doubt they'll be uh, knuckling down and getting ready for the championship. We're going to go very quickly on to um, the the We Are Ulster team of the leagues um, Declan you have a few ideas on, on we'll start with goalkeepers maybe and we'll run through these as quick as we can boys because we've run over time by a good bit but Declan goalkeeper who would you like to see in goals I'm going to say Rory Baggin but I know who you're going to say of course I'm going to say Raymond Galligan and um, I, in fairness I do think I, I think Raymond Galligan has had an outstanding season in goals I think Paul, you were the one who made the point earlier on. Cavan would not have got promoted only for Ryan Gallagher. No, no, especially like Cavan rotated the goalkeepers early in the league, and that actually did did Gallagher a lot of good because up to the last couple of years he's been the undisputed number one, and his his free taking on his forty fives have slipped back a bit from when he first came into the team. But he's up that a lot now since since he has 
Divert hit the keeper's a little bit of pressure on him. I thought his his uh his actual his, under a high ball there couldn't be a better goalkeeper. He's absolutely exemplary under a high ball and his shot stopping was top class. Like there was one save he made um where T G Cahar were tweeting the clip from a from a Donny Smith effort yeah. over in Roscommon where the Smith palmed the ball, it was heading into the into the bottom corner, and Galligan scampered back and got his hand around it. TG Cahar were calling him Spider Man. Spider Far. Spider Far that's Irish, Declan. <laughs> Make make your case for Began, Declan. Consistently excellent. His kickouts are extremely important to them, uh, and he's just high scoring too. Like I mean, he just chips in with so many scores that mm. you can't rule him out. I mean, you know, Monaghan wouldn't have beaten Tyrone without. Uh, I think he hit three that evening from the dead ball. He's a remarkable striker. The ball. Uh, and he's a sound goalkeeper, and he's also well able to take the ball, come out of his goals, and play a pass. Uh, but yeah. having said that, Gall- you know Raymond Gallagher pulled off a save in the last weekend that was just kind of one of those ones that it was almost like a Peter Shilton on Kelly yeah. Hatter in nineteen seventy. <laughs> like it was just astonishing reflexes, astonishing flexibility. Uh, so I mean, uh, you know. It, you wouldn't you'd be grudged to have him on this You'd be happy enough, like, with maybe uh, a nod towards Armas Blaine Hughes, who's, yeah. you know, his, his uh, kickouts are, kick-outs are uh, exceptional. Um, but yeah. it has to be taken in context that Armas are a very tall team around the middle, and he has plenty to choose from. But he's possibly not at that level of Beggar and Galligan, though. Well, we'll 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 give Galligan the nod just the the Cavan lads can overrule the from man a man on this one occasion. But so Raymond Galligan gets gets the nod at full. It will go into the full back line, maybe corner back. Declan, who would you pick at number two? Um, well, we were talking about this and we before we came on air, and like Fit and Kelly's name popped up a couple of times, but like Fit and Kelly. Uh, while we might see him as a cornerback, he's probably played in more advanced position. He scored uh, a clatter of points against Tyrone in the opening few minutes against them and Castle Blaney. One man I'll definitely have down right now. This, um, this is only me just saying. Patrick Hampshire had a fairly good league campaign from mm-hmm. Tyrone. Arn McKay, our man fullback, was very solid throughout. And like head and shoulders above anyone that sticks out for me is Ryan Wiley like he's just an exceptional footballer um, he's a class act and so clingy close loves marking which is a rarity in corner backs uh, so unless you want to make a case for Kelly in that line but yeah. you know and this is the, the, the this is always the quandary the all-star selectors are left and if you want to put him up higher up the field, who's he going to edge out? So uh, I'll leave you to that. I think I think we'll we'll, we'll go with the straight fifteen. We'll, we'll we'll play orthodox here with no no sweepers coming back or anything. But um, he'd he'd for me Fintan Kelly as a cornerback is he, he brings that beautiful double threat that he can man mark, but he can also drive forward. Like, is there a better goal scoring cornerback in the country? I think he scored he scored three goals in the championship last year. I think, yeah, it's incredible. I think we go with go with Hamsey, Hamsey Kelly and uh, Wiley as our as our three men in the second last line of defence. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think a, a man that deserves a bit of a mention is Shea Cullen as well from from Anna. He's had a, I thought he was very very solid in the games I've seen from Anna this year. He he deserves a mention, but I don't think we could we could argue with that full back line. Declan, any arguments? 
No, no, I'll go with what you said, all right. Um, Kelly Hampshire Wiley with Bagging and Gold, isn't it? With Galligan and Gold, just don't be taking the calf man out, Declan. You should know better. Oh, you should are, know better. Are, no, no, you're mental. <laughs> um, moving on to the half-back line, anyway. Um, my thoughts, Declan McCusker played every game. Mm, just bear with me here, let's check the match report of the last game. See if he played all the way through. He was... Yeah, he wasn't taken off. So Declan McCuster's played every minute of every game for Fermana. He's unbelievably energetic up and down wing back. Uh, a great footballer. And uh, I think he deserves his place in that. Frank Burns, although Frank only really was housed at cornerback from the Donegal game on, he had three enormous games for Tyrone. And it's to my mind, there's no... Uh, there's no comparison with Throne this year without Frank Burns centre half and with Frank Burns centre half they've turned their season around and we talked about this before about Lee Brennan being a major factor and I think Burns is just as important. Keogh Mooney has had a brilliant year mm. um, on a very um, FA down team so uh, uh, I don't know if you uh, I'm, I'm sensing there's someone about to make a strong case for Kieran Brady, though, Gavin. Well, the reason I said Kieran Brady earlier on was because he's he's actually Kevin's top scorer from play. Would you believe? And he's he's a defender, centre right. half, and he's not one of these fellas who's playing wearing six, but is actually playing a forward or anything like that. He's playing centre half, and he scored two five from play in the seven matches, um, and he's been he's been absolutely excellent. I think he's. His very le- close his to leadership, player. Yeah, his leadership this year for Kevin stood out. Like, I think in we games when we were stuck. Needed somebody to drive at a at a, at a defence. It was Kieran driving out of the back line. I think Mooney's going to lose out there. I think we can put Kieran in a wing back and go with Frank Burns and Declan McCusker. I couldn't argue with that, Declan. I well look, you know, for sheer weight of what he's contributing the scoreboard, he needs on. So I'll leave it to you, Damien, uh, to, to to nudge someone off that half back line. Yeah, just ju- just on on the, the the disappointment maybe of down not uh, not potentially not staying in the division. We we'll put Kieran Brady in because again I think he was crucial to Cavan's promotion. Um, so maybe on the fact that Cavan had a better season than down, we'll go with Kieran Brady. And the fact probably I'm a biased Cavan man. Middle of the field, lads. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw we're out gonna there. Have to, we are gonna have to look at the fact that there's a Calvin man given the casting vote here, and each <laughs> of the time there's been a dispute, he's gone for the Calvin man. So. We we could we could ask for independent adjudication there on Twitter. So let let us know, folks, if if you think the Calvin man is completely wrong on these on these judgment calls. But uh, all decisions are final. I'd like to point out. Midfield, mm. Paul. Midfield. I'm throwing out there Owen Donnelly of Fermanagh and Oren McNeilish Donegal. Different type of players. There's not well. There's very few players like McNeilish. Maybe Brian Fenton. He's got that languid style. But um, Donnelly's a powerhouse midfielder. More of an old school midfielder, I would say. But um, I think they'd be a hell of a midfield together. I, I I'm going to opt for those two fellas. Declan, any other options? No, absolutely oh, not. I'm happy so. with that. And I'll tell you what. If you had those two uh, players in your team. Wouldn't that be the most beautifully balanced midfield? I was just going to say you've it. You've got like, one of the ultimate stylists, and then you've got one who's just so powerful and mobile, brilliant under a kickout. Uh, but, you know, make no apology about it. Like, you know, he, he, he is being recognised as one of the best midfielders in the country, and rightly so. 
um, he, he, he's a superb player and Neilis is just special he's just one of these boys that you, you always look out for any game you go to and you study him and like you know he has a tendency to drift out of games for a time but then he roars back in and he can hit two points within about two minutes and he's, he's just he's a special player definitely half forward line Paul half forward line it's another tough one to call um, again people are going to think this team is dominated by Cavan players but there's only really three that I've been pushing for two outfielders Dar McFeed he's a definite he's Cavan's best player he's the captain of the team and he, he has been at worst he was a 7 out of 10 I think in every in every the worst game he played in the league and mm-hmm. his best game was against Cork and he was throwing in a perfect performance that day I, I would go for McFeed um, I think Aiden, the two Aidens, Aiden Breen, uh, wing half forward, and probably Aiden Falker on the other wing. And I think the honourable mention there would be for the Antrim man, Paddy McBride. Yeah, Paddy McBride didn't have a couple of games I've seen of Antrim. I, I thought he was outstanding. I think there's a, in fairness, Antrim have a few forwards. I think the Murrays are quite, uh, quite unlucky not to be getting more of a mention, but um, maybe just. Considering the division they're in, I don't know if uh, if they'd be up to that standard. Anyone to add to it, Declan? Did we say Aidan Forker? Yeah, at number ten, I think we said Aidan Forker. Um, Aidan Forker was exceptional in the games I seen him. Uh, he had in a number of recent years an issue with discipline, and I'm sure he's like he's a very he's a very clever operator, a very clever man. And he would have known that, and even like you know, playing for Mahari, he would have been sent off an Ulster club against Kilku and stuff like that. It would have detracted from his overall game because he he's a very clever player. He's got lovely feet on him. Uh, he was he led the fight against Fermanagh and Bristol Park. He's got a lovely delivery, a left foot and flighted delivery. But also Rory Grugan. Uh, yeah. Rory Grugan deserves some mention there from Armagh too. He's he's a very silky ball player. Uh, I possibly would bow to you on Dara McVeady. Um, I think that I, I'm undecided on Aidan Forker and Rory Grugan, uh, but I've seen Aidan Breen play a couple of times this year, and like you know, he has made a serious footballer of himself, and mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't imagine him not getting into that team because he adds, like he has got. Exceptional kicking ability from distance. He, he hit one of the early points last night that showed up in League Sunday. And it's just one of those ones that people take for granted now off Aidan Breen, who wasn't in his underage club career running anything like a forward. Um, but he has developed into such an all-rounder. And he, 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 he gives you that, but he breaks an awful lot of lines. He gets past the tackle, and then he distorts the opposition's defence. So... Brain McVitie and any one of uh, Aiden Falker, Rory Grugan. Falker, yeah, I think I think Falker deserves the nod from. I I, I seen him mm-hmm. against um, or the, the Longford game. Now I think he deserves the nod. So we'll go with the two Aidens and Dara McVitie with as as you said, uh, Rory and uh, Paddy maybe getting an honourable mention. Going to the full forward line, Declan. Um, always kind of a, a controversial line for debate, but who would your three be? It's always going to be. The full forward line is always the most keenly debated line of any um, team. Uh, it is extremely hard to pick against forwards that you enjoy watching uh, and that contribute enormously to a scoreboard. And I have a number of names here. Obviously, Lee Brennan 
played his part in completely uh, changing Tyrone's tactics, possibly, and certainly the results. Uh, you can't argue with the return that Seamus Quigley got. Um, it would have been levelled at Seamus Quigley in the past that he didn't have it when it really counted, and that's possibly why you know he didn't. He, here's the stat for you: Seamus Quigley has never started an Ulster Championship game. Oh my God! Never knew that. That's no, a good one. there's a stat, and that is true because somebody else told me it. I checked it out, and it's true. Uh, at the same time, Andrew Mernon is another full forward, right? And Mernon might give you slightly more from play, but my God, how do you? Where do you even begin to make the argument against a man who scores three uh, frees and an injury time to win promotion for his country. <laughs> uh, and then how yeah. do you put him up on the same level as maybe a Paddy McBrady who started off the league campaign like a train, uh, had 30 points up after four games, I think it was, 30 points. Mm. And then, you know, you, we haven't even mentioned Conor McManus who is just, <laughs> you know, he's just out of this world at times. Yeah. He's just, uh, he came on as a sub against Ronan Blaney and he right, just was incredible. Like he kicked a couple of long range, kicked a free from almost sitting in the stand drinking tea. <laughs> that curled over beautifully, just looped and curled and everything, and dropped over the ball or bar. He's just amazing. Patrick Brady's amazing. Seamus Quigley has uh, has just nailed everything. This Lee, Lee Brennan. Uh, Andrew Mernon's busy and, and and all the rest. Like we're we're probably we're probably underrepresenting Armagh here too. Slightly, uh, you know, we don't have enough of them in. But uh, I'm I'm going to to listen to Paul's reasoning on it. Uh, I think I think you summed it up pretty pretty well, uh, Declan. I think maybe Armagh are a little bit hard done by but you do need to weight it a little bit higher as you go up to divisions I think to be fair like you're playing against a higher standard player uh, I think you can't look past Lee Brennan mm-hmm. um, to her own are the highest finishing Ulster team are they? Monaghan Monaghan okay second highest ranked Ulster team in the in the Alliance League so Lee Brennan if they, he turned their season McBrearty is in all-star form I think uh, whatever way you look at it especially started the league like that absolutely Electrifying and a couple of the points he kicked yesterday, I watched them last night in Alliance League Sunday, absolutely out of this world. And the cult hero on the edge of the square, bear in the square, Shamey Quigley. I think he's he's. I'm going to go for Shamey at 14 and captain. And captain and, and give give them all. It, it 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 is hard to leave out Conor McManus from that team, the highest ranked Ulster team in 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 uh, in the Alliance Leagues, and like he is their star forward. Jack McCarran, obviously. Deserves mention just even for that goal yesterday. Like I, I, I'm still just flabbergasted by how, how amazing it was from to spot the space and be able to loop it into it. Um, you know, so it, it may, maybe we're doing Monaghan a disservice. We talked about doing Armagh a disservice. Monaghan are the best team in Ulster in the Alliance League. Well, make the call. I, I don't know. I, I, I could nearly. No, I can't. I can't separate the four. Make the call. Can I not put four in the full forward? No. Can we make a tactical change here? Because I think McManus has to get in McBerty, Quigley and Brennan. And I can't pick three out of those four. Well, Jesus, Cavan under 16 will win something this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> four-man full forward line. <laughs> I think they're, they're all fabulous. But we'll, uh, look, at maybe we'll go, we'll go with Brennan, Quigley and McBerty simply because Cavan boys don't like Monaghan. Okay, you can't say fair than that. Declan, happy enough? 
here it's, it, you know, it's, you're the one who's making the final call. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, Put I all the blame on me. I, am, I have washed my hands of this process. <laughs> Thanks very much, all lads. All I know is that there'll be bonfires burning for me and for Mama. There definitely will. Speaking of bonfires burning, Declan, we can't go without mentioning Schlock Neil Camogues. Uh, I'm glad that you got in there just before me. Um, you know, for any club to win an All Ireland from a senior All Ireland from Ulster is um, tremendously encouraging. But when you look at it and you examine Slatnia's run, there's very little between top Camogie teams. I mean, there was only one point between uh, the semi finals last year, both semi finals last year, and the semi finals this year, too. And uh, Slotnil went to extra time against Thomastown, and then, like you know, it was you know it was a tight enough game against mm-hmm. Arsenal too. But when you put a back to back All Ireland, I mean that's the stuff that that made Cross McLean absolute legends in their game. Yeah, uh, and I don't see why not why we wouldn't talk about Slotnil in those terms too. But because and and I don't know which comes first is it the sense of community and what they do for each other up there that leads to excellence in sport or is it that they're more rounded individuals I mean mm-hmm. you're kind of taught and you're told and I read a lot of those American sports writing uh, compilations at the end of the year and possibly it's because of American society that an awful lot of American footballers and boxers are drawn from all sections they're drawn from very much a lot of them are drawn from the underclass uh, and you, it makes for some extremely illuminating reads Uh but, you know, you don't really have that so much in the GA, but what you have there with this current group of slot nail players uh, is something incredibly pure, something uh, where, you know, they're, they're concerned with ideals and ideas above themselves. Like, yeah. you know, they don't, they're not really uh, the self-interested, selfish individual that you're supposed to be in order to be a top-class sports person. You know, yeah. you talk about people who have reached the very top of their sport and a lot of them are called almost psychopaths because of the focus and the selfishness that's needed. And that's not quite the case with them. There's a book in them. Someone should write that book. Someone from Derry should write that book about them. But they they're, it just couldn't make me happier. And mm. here, final point I'll make on it is look how close Lockheed have come to beating them in the last two Ulster finals. And they were both brilliant games of Kogi. So, like, Lockheed will be looking at and saying... Why not us now? Why not us? Yeah. Why, why shouldn't we get another All Ireland? Why don't, shouldn't we get our All Ireland title? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very valid point, but it's a, I, I think you're right. You, you can't under underestimate the, the the mammoth achievement that, that Slack Neil Camogues are after after um, putting onto their belt there at the weekend. A huge congratulations to them, and and as always, Slack Neil just keep going from strength to strength. When you think they're down, they'll they'll come fighting back again. So, um, congratulations to all. So thanks a million to Declan Bogue and to Paul Fitzpatrick for their contributions. As we said, congratulations to Armagh and to Fermanagh and to Cavan on promotion. Commiserations to Donegal and to Derry on relegation and we'll hold the um, the uh, commiserations on down until we find out a wee bit more next weekend so thanks for your contributions let us know on Twitter if you agree with our We Are Ulster team of the Alliance Leagues Anyone can make the difference when we step up we can change the moment change the atmosphere change the energy change the score change the season together we can change history the Alliance Leagues 
Your tickets are waiting now at GAA.ie, selected Super Value and Centre stores and usual outlets. Buy before match day and get 20% off adult tickets for Division 1 and 2 football and Division 1 hurling. The Allianz Leagues. Be there. All the way. <laughs> 